Uncovering our authentic self through self-awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. So Alexander, this is a huge milestone, at least in my eyes, with it being our 30th episode, which means our second Q&A. Sounds like fun. So I love these, these episodes because less pressure on me <laughs> to think about what the people out there are thinking and just get down and dirty with questions from the audience. And I've also included a little special insider question if we get to it at the end. Nice. And we do want to thank everyone for your input. Um, Keep giving us input. And uh, we'll keep developing this podcast and growing it uh, to go in directions that's for the overall good of everyone involved. How about that? Yes, because it is for everyone involved. (laughs) It is for all of you guys out there and not just uh, Alexander and I uh, exercising our egos. Right. Okay, let's just jump in. And we got question number one is from a listener. And so her ex and her are still married or her former. And uh, so they've been, uh, they were married for 17 years. Okay. And they split up approximately six months ago. He has moved on and is now living with another person. Mm-hmm. And she's been struggling with that. And uh, she said that her marriage of 17 years was still rocky due to, like, what I would say, quote, wandering eyes. But but what can she do to help heal from this and kind of put this in the past but, but grow from it? One thing I want to start with is it's been suggested that a holistic or natural way of healing something may take up to as long as half as long as it that you were involved with that situation or with that person. So seeing that in these this example, uh, people move from one relationship or one situation to another very quickly. It's very, very common. And part of the solace to stay in is to realize that, uh, yes, when thoughts of rejection, thoughts of being mad or upset that he or they are moving forward uh, sooner than than the person that's involved here, that can be a little kind of um, stab in the side when you feel like somebody's moving on faster than you. But the realistic view of it is, is that uh, it takes a good amount of time to truly heal from something and more than likely uh, he hasn't healed from this relationship and he's already moving forward. So I know that that can be hard on a, you know, just a human standpoint and seeing somebody that you perceive as moving forward faster than you are. But in the realistic world of, of energy here, uh, to stay focused that you're doing what you need to do by taking your time And especially if kids are involved, this creates another complication. But really, it stems down to 
just whether that person is moving uh, forward faster uh, than you seems to be one of the the major rubs just when relationships bust up. And um, some people are able to say, stay uh, amicable and loving through that whole process. And then it gets very nasty and ugly uh, with some other people. So accepting that that is a natural kind of reaction to uh, have some kind of negativity or negative thoughts towards somebody that you've been with moving forward with their life. But the challenge is, is to stay in gratitude and to maybe find things that you're so glad to get away from in that relationship, roles that he or they played, and then use that as ammunition when you have the thought of poor me, I don't have anybody, and they've already moved forward to use that to at the same time to say, but also um, somebody else gets to deal with the cost of all of that and remembering the challenges of the relationship and the communication breakdowns and that type of thing. Because what we're looking for when we're working through issues like this is a way to bring in balance. Uh, We've got to go through all of these emotional uh, roller coaster rides, so to say. Most everybody does. And when you go through a major change in life, a majority of time we have to go through uh, all of the emotions to truly feel like we've processed them. So, you know, allowing that to know that maybe resentment, um, anger, uh, typically comes up at the beginning, but to bring in that gratitude uh, through remembering the obstacles of the relationship and how the communication broke down and to realize that more than likely this person, since they're moving on faster, they haven't learned anything from the previous relationship and they're more than likely just going to recreate it in this new relationship. So we don't want to put negative energy out there and, and hope that that happens. It just typically does because whatever we don't process uh, gets recreated in other areas of our life, whether it be a new relationship or or that uh, energy get reflected through the kids or through siblings or uh, something like that because we don't get away from the lesson. And that's why I like to say wherever you are, work there. Whatever relationship you're at in, work there because that's where most of the growth information is, is in our present situation. Although normally the situations we're dealing with with our present relationships are really, uh, of course, baggage from our lineage that we've been through through our life and things we picked up early in life from our family unit and our environment. So work with that. There's nothing to fix in this situation. This person has moved on. And to try to do your best to stay in gratitude of what you don't have to deal with anymore. Every time a thought of missing them or feeling like less of a person because uh, they've moved on and you still haven't. And this can break down to business relationships, siblings, intimate relationships, many different ones. But I do know that this one happens to be an intimate relationship that uh, was given this question. So I know that that can be very painful to know that people are moving on forward. But once again, going back to the pillars of, um, you know, to find the divine order in the chaos is uh, bringing in those weights and balances to help yourself to see clearly, no, this is something that that really needs to happen, whether it's something that we want or not, and to see that maybe we're holding on to an attachment if it continues day after day after day and we're not allowing something to process. But people come together and they separate and go different ways all the time. 
and uh, it is our attachment and our wanting to hold on to things and keep it the way that that they are that creates most of people's strife in their life, uh, trying to hold things uh, together uh, just the way that they are rather than trusting the flow of life and allowing things to develop and being open to that next person that may be coming in down the road and just chopping your wood and carrying your water and doing the work that you need to to release and forgive and get out of resentment and get out of blame and just move forward and be excited about that next opportunity that's coming up in life. And I would even also throw in like judgment is probably a lot of this both on herself like it's like a psychological projection. Like I think society would like view me a certain way. So then I self judge myself. So for this instance where you're talking about like he already moved on in society's eyes, like that's deemed as like, as like moving on, you're, like you're changing. doing good. And, and, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're, exactly. you're healing <laughs> and working through it. And, and I remember, you know, I like to bring this up as a point that, uh, two years after my wife died, I was speaking with my mother and I was still going through extensive pain, chest pain, uh, working on that trauma. And uh, I remember my mother saying, well, son, it's been over two years now. You should be over that. And I remember what that felt like. Um, nobody had said anything even close to that. And really, you know, healing takes as long as it takes. And it's different for different people. Um, I happen to be an extremely uh, intimate person, and in my human design, I have uh, this gate that's called the Aura Buster, the 59.6, and the 59 gate is the gate of intimacy. And so people typically with that gate can be interested in deeper levels of intimacy. And so, see, when people break up and go in different ways, uh, that plays a big role in that as to what level of intimacy was they really looking for? And somebody that wasn't looking for very deep levels of intimacy, they can move on really quickly because really what they're looking to fill that up with is just attraction. They can find anything that they're, or anyone that they're attracted to and kind of fill that void. But when you look at this from an energetic side, my wife and I were together for 11 years before she passed. You know, so five and a half years um, basically would be half of that time. And that's about what it took me. I, I also use a seven year cycle that our cells, you know, regenerate every seven years. So really not to think that you've moved past or healed something, uh, outside of that seven year span. And that just happened to coincide with, you know, between five and a half years of half the time that she and I were together in that seven year span. And that's really when I started feeling relief was around the fifth year, five, five and a half. And then I felt the completion after seven. And so I know people hearing this, especially anyone that's uh, recently going through uh, some type of obstacle similar to this, you know, can think that that just seems like a long time. But as we know, time goes by very, very fast. And we have to I feel like get used to this concept of healing taking longer than we really have an understanding of because Western medicine and Western psychology has come from a standpoint to fix things quickly. And I think we're seeing now as as masses that things don't just get fixed quickly. And that's why, uh, you know, we share that that saying of gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. And so, uh, you know, my compassion goes out to this person, and I know what this feels like when some people from my past has moved on very much quicker than me, 
and I know the emotions that come with that. But it's really just understanding that these emotions are just children throwing a temper tantrum, and they just need to be recognized, respected, and then redirected. And that's what I'm talking about, bringing that balance in. So while you're you're missing certain qualities of this person or that relationship, to remind yourself of the things that you're not missing because of the friction and that kind of thing, I think is very important to help keep that in balance. And then uh, chopping your wood, carrying your water, putting your time in, um, time truly does heal given the opportunity. And I do add that given the opportunity because we have to be willing to let go and accept change uh, for time to do its job. And if we don't, then the time just gets extended longer and longer and longer. All right. That was good. So second question is how can we or I, in this instance, the person asking the question, how can I overcome the resistance I feel about religions claiming that they are the real way to heaven or the God? Right. And this is a a very um, big question that uh, I want to do my best to not step on anyone's toes. Um, so we're going to keep it, the language as general as we can so that we don't isolate anyone because there are many, many different paths out there, religious and spiritual paths, and many of them think that they are the only way. And I'm not here to, or we're not here to judge that, but it does create a obstacle for certain people's thinkings. And so where I want to start with that is to, if you learn to appreciate someone's passion outside of judgment, and you just uh, are able to accept that someone else's truth is just that. It's just their truth. And just because I don't agree with someone's truth doesn't change the fact that it's still truth for them. So here, you know, I pull on many different um, examples, and there's been many teachers in the past that have been uh, been challenged, even been physically assaulted uh, because of that type of passion. And I remember a story that a great friend of mine shared that when he was in Europe hiking from ashram to ashram, um, and he was following this certain guru, and uh, this actual person of another faith saw them and picked up a, a, a brick and threw the brick and hit the guru or the teacher in the back of the head, and it started bleeding right away. And he had a couple of bodyguards with him, and uh, they rushed to go after the person. And the teacher grabbed both of them and said, oh, no, no, let's respect their passion because we should be so inspired to be so passionate about what we believe in. And so, see, using someone else's energy, even that you don't uh, agree with, we don't have to defend it. We don't have to fight it. We can actually be inspired by it. And so in those situations where people do teach dogmas and do teach like only ways, to be able to sit there and acceptance, we'll come back to that, that again, this is a big part of this work, this word acceptance, and it's a very complex subject because acceptance is not condoning, it's not agreeing with, but it is stopping the duality and stepping out of duality into polarity. And when you do that, you have to accept that whatever view is being shared with you at that time has to exist. Because everything on this plane 
does have to exist. And due to the laws of polarity, as we've brought up in many other podcasts, this judgment is what brings in duality and acceptance brings in the polarity. So when these people are, are going to like uh, maybe a service of a certain type of church or faith, and they might enjoy certain facets of the faith. And so when this is, is put out there, and it creates a, a so-called negative reaction in the person attending, they can accept it and still not be condoning it or promoting it or anything like that, but accept that this is just part of these people's faith. And there's so much other useful information that many people would stop going to a service like that because of just one or two things. But there may be a hundred things that they get beneficial So this is where I feel like acceptance uh, plays a big role because you staying and being part of that does not mean that you agree with 100% of everything that's being said. But to remove yourself from that environment because of one or two things and miss out on the other 98 things that are being offered is also disheartening. So this is a good time to practice standing in your power. And, and again, standing in your power does not mean promoting your power. It does not mean pushing your power. It's just standing in that vibration. And to be able to be in that situation and say, you know what? I don't agree with what this person or these people are saying in this specific uh, statement, but I do agree with a lot of what they're saying. And we all have the right to uh, utilize that separation. And so, What I feel like that begins to do over a longer period of time is it helps us to, A, know who we are, and when we know who we are and trust that, then we're able to allow others to be who they are. And we don't have to get into debating. We don't have to get into arguing because normally the debating and the arguing comes from people that aren't clear in who they are or what they represent. Therefore, they're defensive. And so I would like to just suggest to use something like that as an opportunity to say, can I be in this environment but still not be of it? Can I be in this environment and not allow it to affect me in any negative way, even if somebody says something that I don't agree with? Because there's a bounty of things and information going on here that I do find uh, beneficial and useful. And I think that you'll find this just about anywhere you go. Very rarely are you going to go somewhere to where you get, uh, you know, 100% across the board that you're in complete agreement with uh, someone else or, uh, or another religious ways uh, or spiritual way that they approach things. So anytime something brings up a so-called negative emotion in me, I always want to look at that. And rather than removing myself from the situation and judging the situation, I have a tendency, and I'm not suggesting this for everybody, but I have a tendency to go, oh, you're resisting that. So I need to put myself into that situation more often so that I get past this resistance and can get into acceptance. And once again, acceptance does not mean condoning or approval. It just means I'm in this environment and I'm choosing to be in this environment and I'm going to stay out of judgment. So let me immerse myself in this uh, so I can learn to handle situations like this quicker, faster, better, deeper. 
I remember uh, when we first started hanging out and talking, it took me a long time to wrap my head around polarity and duality and the differences. And, I, you know, daily I'm still having, like, many revelations, like, on a very small scale, but it just it just makes more sense and more sense every time I think about it. And so the way, like, I kind of view the world is something that you know, you've said many times is, is well, I liked how you said it, uh, you don't have to be of it to be in it. Right. Kind of along those lines as, you know, well, this is necessary on this plane of polarity. Yeah. So, so you know, we we have to live here. This is where we are. So you can either accept it or you'll be in resistance forever. So I just accept that this is just part of this reality, like the sky is, like the sun mm-hmm. is. And, it, you know, it's just there. I don't have to partake in it. It's just like I go about my daily business and... And, you know, there's things all around us that we don't like or but the world would be a very stressful place if we always worried about these types of things. Yes. And that's what I feel like uh, media feeds on. You know, it it feeds on getting people in this duality about things that that you don't need to care about. Right. To live your life, you know, happy and, and loving. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, that I try to share with everyone that it just provides an opportunity to see things at a different level. You know, there's always been war on this plane, and from my uh, vision and understanding, there will more than likely always be war on this plane. There's always been killing and raping and things that, you know, are viewed as bad, and I concur. They're not not so-called good, but they've always been going on, and they more than likely will continue, and I don't need to fill my mind up with being reminded of it through the 6 o'clock news or you know, even uh, news-based podcasts, that kinds of thing. And that's not sticking your head in the sand, so to say. Uh, it's just choosing to not be reminded of it constantly and seeing what that does to you. It changes your energetic field because as soon as you have like a so-called negative thought or you you choose a polarity or a duality view, that affects your energetic field. And as soon as your energetic field is affected, it begins to change your chemical makeup. And so this is how, you know, why the all those different levels of healing that I've talked about before, that if you you know, are truly going to heal something completely, you've got to work on five different areas. And that's the the physical, the mental, the emotional, the spiritual, and the energetic. When you get into subtle energy and working with subtle energy, whether you accept something or you resist it is one of the biggest determinations of whether your energy is charging or whether it's depleting. But your energy is going in one way or another, and all relationships are either growing closer together or further apart. Now, some oscillate, and they grow apart for a while, then they come back together, and they grow apart, and that's healthy as well. But to see that things are always moving, and if we're judging ourselves or somebody else, our energy is draining. If we are uh, standing in our power and working with acceptance and seeing life through a polarity, there's a whole lot less draining that goes on so that you're prepared that when you can do something about it, like if something is happening right in front of you, say somebody is being treated poorly or even to the extent of, 
possibly being in danger in one way or another, and you can actually do something about it, then you're prepared to do something about it. But if you've been viewing this stuff and you've just been constantly draining, um, draining your energy, then you may make a poor decision in that moment when the opportunity is there because either you're mentally tired or you're physically tired or you're energetically tired. And so you have a poor reaction rather than a beneficial response. So that's the way that I approach this is always be looking that you're either draining or conserving or building your energy. And the point is, is that you want to be either conserving or building so that when something happens right in front of you that you're directly involved in, you're prepared and you're able to manage it and respond to it rather than being exhausted and reacting to it. And I think that's very important to um, to see those separations that it's not a matter of sticking your head in the sand to not watch everything that's going on all the time. It's actually you're preparing to be available for when you do need to show up for somebody, you have the energy on all these different levels. So I was listening to some past episodes to find some good moments for, for recasts. And uh, so I want to make two points on some of the stuff that I just heard was uh, one was in one of the episodes where I was talking about the boundaries with having friends come in and my whole like weekend was disheveled. Mm -hmm. Uh, You mentioned that, uh, positive emotions also can drain energy. So I yes. just want to throw out there because that has something to do with what you're just talking about. But also in another podcast, you mentioned that duality is what creates wars. Yes. And like that is multidimensional in my head because like I was like, okay, well, of course it does in the physical plane. But then when you go inside and you, you said make, you know, take your wars to the inside, to the internal like when you have a duality against something, you create your own war inside. Yes, and the beautiful about thing about that is, of course, you're not you're not harming anyone else when you uh, see the. Basically, we're talking about the necessity for friction, and we're basically breaking this down that friction is necessary for all levels of life. Even you know a seed busting through the hole is frictional. The act of making love is frictional. The we typically only grow the majority of the time when we're going through something hard. So see, that's part of the acceptance that that polarity, those opposites, they have to coexist, but they can coexist in acceptance rather than duality of one trying to overcome the other. And that's what a war is. So by turning that war inside and simply saying, rather than me exhaust my energy trying to uh, talk about and stay focused on this stuff that's happening halfway across the world that I'm not directly related and connected to, I can conserve some of that energy. I can see, hey, why is this subject? I can tell that I have a resistance to it. So turn that why inside and go, why am I allowing this to affect me in this way? Okay, well, maybe it's uh, weaker people are getting picked on by bigger people. So there may be a bully issue that that person carries from high school or middle school or something like that. And that that external situation is coming up for them to maybe resolve some of the bitterness that they've created over all these years. So just understand as above, so below, as inward, so outward. So anything that you recognize external, you know, take that opportunity to say, hey, where do I internalize something similar? And that can go a long way toward um, self-growth, self-awareness, and actually changing. But if we keep our focus on the external, we can exhaust ourselves verbally, energetically, physically, 
in many areas and walk away from that exhaustion no better off, uh, not knowing any more about ourselves or anybody else or understanding the situation any more because our emotions takes us away from that consciousness. And when we turn it inward, the emotions are less drastic typically. Even for people that judge themselves, see, it's still a one-way street to where if you judge someone externally, verbally, then they're probably going to have a defense mechanism that throws something back on you and then you intensify it and throw it back. So that's how it that duality creates those wars. But on the inside, um, we're looking for a true solution and nobody is getting in the way of that solution but yourself to where your hands are kind of tied when you're maybe a solution-oriented thinking person and you're trying to resolve something external uh, depending on the participation of the other person. All great stuff. Uh, Question three. This uh, listener is having trouble letting go of arguments in their close relationships, whether it be romantic or family, uh, where the subject matter really matters to them on a deep level. And so one example is, for instance, a significant other has different sleep patterns than them. And they can tend to feel like, you know, they're not pulling their own weight. You know, they instead of sleeping so late in the morning, they could be, you know, doing stuff to help around the house, things like that. So so what would you say to somebody who who is having a hard time letting go or finding acceptance in those types of situations? Because it does, it does interfere on their, like, day-to-day level of living. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when it, you know, when it affects the, you know, the physical realm, so to say, where sleep and eating and water are the necessities, then, you know, that does need to be resolved because the, the energetic field that is already being weakened if it's starting to be felt in that uh, physical realm. So something like a, a sleep situation, you know, that comes into self-care. And if those two people, you know, cohabitate in the same room or the same bed, then that may need to be a consideration if that person is not willing to change their schedule. And so it is, you know, important to understand that when we make these different adjustments, and we'll bring in a little bit of the human design here, like projectors that are in relationships with either uh, generators or manifesting generators or even manifestors, I mean, they are suggested to sleep separate because the projectors don't have a motor and these other types do. And so their motor running at idle speed, so to say, can amp up the projector greatly. So this is happens to be a subject that I like to suggest to many clients that, you know, sleeping apart from your mate doesn't have to be a negative thing. You can still be as loving, as, you know, intimate as you want to be. But rest is very important, and it's not the same across the board. Different people need different things for rest. Many times in relationships, there will be a person that likes to maybe sleep with a TV on or a radio on or a fan on. So some people get used to some type of noise, and they can't sleep in the quiet. And that's very unfortunate because it does affect uh, the, the level of rest. But it's going to do very little good for someone that doesn't want to have that noise on trying to talk that other person into not having that noise. I mean, that's you're bringing in that duality where potentially uh, something could be set up to where rather than asking that person to stop that, 
they uh, stopped running that fan or that TV or something, that they could just say, you know what, I love you, and uh, please don't take this anything negative, but I'm just going to fix me another sleeping area, and I'm going to choose to to sleep there while you still uh, need this background noise going on. Now, if you want to work on uh, needing less of that and trying to work with weaning off, then, you know, sure, we can work towards uh, sleeping together every night again. But at the same time, we don't want to make anybody feel forced to change because that's going to start to build that resentment. So I'm the person that always suggests go to the other person with a solution, not a problem. And this becomes a practice in life in general, that anytime you go to someone to uh, share something that you disapprove of, uh, do your best to always go with a solution or uh, a number of solutions. And when I was raising my sons, this was something that I taught them that, hey, you're always welcome to come ask me my opinion, but at least have an opinion of your own. Don't just rely on others to answer your questions for you. Already at least have an idea, and then you may get expansion on that idea, or you may get a completely different direction. But go to a person with solution-oriented thinking rather than problematic thinking. And then work to see how you can work toward a solution. And if that if you go with a certain type of solution like with this one, you know, just maybe sleeping in another room, uh, and you might start off with just like, two or three nights a week, you know, just to make sure that your rest isn't continuing to deplete. Uh, so so that's the thing to see that you have the right to adjust it however you want to. Maybe it's just sleeping apart one day a week, which I suggest for most all couples, but not many do it because understanding that space increases intimacy. And so you know, some of these things are just uh, small personal preferences, and then some of them are actually a bigger deal because it does affect a person on multiple levels simultaneously. And where sleep and food and water are concerned, those really need to be paid attention to because they're they're invaluable assets to our well-being while we're here on this earth plane. Anything outside of that would be would fall more under a want. And then I like to say, you know, I like to share what Jalaluddin Rumi says about wants. He says, you know, we should always question our wants. Continue to question your wants. And that's where I break it down in my work to just say, work to live in non-preference. Because the more preferences you have, the more duality opportunities that you have. But when you live in acceptance and you have less preferences, then you can smile at the situation, and it just becomes an opportunity to manage your time duration around that situation. So see, many things that people try to get other people to change uh, and creates duality, you could approach that with solution-oriented thinking and come up with a suggestion and make an adjustment yourself, and then you get them to ask, hey, what are you doing? And then you can go, oh, well, I'm just choosing to sleep in here because I know that you like to have the TV on. And rather than asking you over and over and over to cut the TV off, I'm just making a, a slight change. And uh, let's see what we can work out together, you know, as we move forward. And to me, that shows that you have an interest in a solution rather than just asking someone else to change all the time. Yeah, I mean, I think the sleeping situation can be a little hard 
because there's such like a outside judgment of, oh, there's something wrong in your relationship. So if people can overcome that judgment, I think that's a good place to start. Now, outside of just finding a solution in this person's example, as far as their mate sleeping longer into the day and them wanting or hoping that they would maybe help more around the house uh, in the times that this person's awake, is there anything else uh, that you can add to that? Well, I mean... Uh, or is that a want? Know, that, that can be seen as a want because, you know, when you approach that person that's sleeping later, uh, you know, it's hard to say. They can say that they need that extra time. And once again, we can't really judge for somebody else. Uh, we can we can time the amount of hours that they're putting in, but we can't measure the amount of true rest that the person's getting. And so, uh, and once again, different types need different amounts of sleeps. And many times, manifestors or manifesting generators are ready to hit the ground running, uh, you know, and generators typically have a good amount of energy. But when you get into projectors and reflectors, uh, they can, you know, they can lay there, like I said, in bed, not falling asleep till two or three hours after their partner falls asleep, and then they want to sleep later the next day because they didn't get the same amount of rest, even though they were in bed at the same time. So there are many, many variables with this, but it is always that if it is outside of rest, food, and water, and we'll throw children in there as well, um, then it may be around a want. And we want to, of course, question those wants. And like I said, see if you can come up with uh, you know, a, an adjustment on your end and see if that can either inspire or start to get that person to see things like for themselves. Because when you ask somebody to, you know, to, um, sleep less or eat less or drink less water, that type of stuff, you're getting into challenging their survival, um, uh, mechanisms and you can run into a lot of defense. And then, you know, in all these situations, you have typically an innate sense of whether the person is being truly authentic or not. And that's important that if this person is sleeping late and they seem truly authentic about it, then, you know, there may be some kind of um, physical adjustment or something that needs to come in. You know, from my personal experience, I've been that person on a different sleep schedule. And it's very hard for me because I'm just so awake at night and not awake in the morning. And I don't know if there is a such thing as like a natural cycle that's just different, but that's just uh, how I am. And, and I've been trying to make the adjustments to get closer to, to you know, my intimate relationship to where she sleeps so that there isn't this, this sort of, uh, you know, issue where I'm awake and, and you know... Uh, okay, she's so, sleeping and so like let's take let's take that for example and um, look at that like just a little bit deeper maybe this can help the the listeners since this is a direct issue with yourself so in that when you said you know I try to make adjustments can you explain that try sure well at first it took me I had to go internal and I realized that I uh, was putting my energy to things outside the relationship. So being a three in both uh, the human design and birth having cards. a three birth card, I'm very creative by nature and I need an outlet for that creativity. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not putting that creativity into the relationship, it's going other places. It's going into projects, side projects, web design, whatever it is. Right. But it's going somewhere. 
And I realized that I was putting all of my energy into other things. So I was staying up late, you know, plugged into other things. And, you know, there wasn't enough energy to go into the relationship. So once I realized what I was doing, I was able to change my perspective and make an intention to try to put more energy into the relationship, to do things to help more around the house or to help her out and to reset my sleep schedule. So I started uh, waking up at at seven o'clock. So I would see her for at least 30 or 40 minutes before she went to work versus sleeping till like nine. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, my, my issue, my struggle is still going to bed at a certain time. Right. And cause I'm still wide awake and I do my like best thinking late at night. So it's been a challenge to try to get back on that schedule. But it seems like, like I'll just get so tired during the week where I will go to bed for like two or three days, catch up on rest. And then I kind of like find Lose myself into that trying to, yeah. So I'm still battling that, but Cause that's why I was asking with that, you know, anytime that word try comes up, I try to, I try, <laughs> I attempt to get the person to go into that try because many times when try is, is coming up as a, as a, a word, Typically, it means that to me that that person hasn't set a pure, clear intention Mm -hmm. of I'm doing this. And, you know, with something like sleep, typically, if you deprive yourself of some sleep at a certain time, like getting up at that seven o'clock, like you were saying with your partner and then not laying back down, not not going back to sleep, Mm -hmm. then you're going to be tired earlier in the evening. The what I've seen with a lot of people, and I lived this for many years being a musician, is that it can get to be this thing where people think that there's more creative energy at night. They're just, they seem to be able to, to create uh, differently. And I'm not judging that per person, but that, that mindset goes a long way. And I used to be that late night person as well. Now I'm an early morning person. And the energy of getting up when the energy is fresh and people before people are really the majority of people are moving around, that's when the energy like feels very, very powerful to me. But I could, I could have been on the other side of the fence, say 20 years ago when I was in my band scene and we used to start practice at 1030 PM till like uh, two 30 in the morning. So, and we were on just this crazy schedule, but that fit with our lifestyle because we were playing shows late. And so, so I think it's useful for people to look at, yes, how is this lifestyle affecting people that are close to me and in the same household? And maybe I need to get clear on my pure intention and and get away from this try, quit trying to do this and just go, no, this is for the overall good of everyone involved. So now we're bringing in discipline and structure. And it is, okay, I'm going to get up at 7 a.m. And then I'm not going to lay back down after my partner leaves to maybe uh, catch a couple more hours of rest or whatever. So discipline is a big part of all of this work. And in order for discipline to work, typically you need structure. And then we need many times for someone else to hold us accountable because we will be lazy at holding ourselves accountable. And many times it doesn't work to hold for our intimate mate to hold us accountable because there's uh, emotions that come up with that. So I like to say, you know, have somebody that you can get mad at and it will be okay whether it's a friend or a brother or a family member or maybe a parent and you vocalize to them, no, I want this to change and I see what it will benefit. So I'm asking you to hold me responsible. Some of my 
uh, private clients utilize me for this. And, and so when they come for each session, I ask them, okay, how are you doing on this? Whether it's about the, their diet, the food they've been eating, or their emotions, or their conversations, or whatever it is. And when you have to admit something to another human being, like I know uh, nutritionists get people to write down every single food that they eat, and this starts to help a person break their patterns of their cheating, and and they don't realize it because once you write down everything that you've eaten in that day and you're able to reflect on it or give it to somebody else to reflect on, it has a, a drastic impact. And it's similar financially. Many financial coaches will get people to write down every single penny that they spend, and people don't realize it till you look at it. So this is the usefulness of having people around that you can truly trust and then asking them to hold you accountable. Uh, that way you're not like, as likely to fool yourself and slip back into these old patterns. All right. Well, those, <laughs> these questions, we've gotten through three. Uh, so, so we're going to close it out now. And uh, I had a, f- a couple, uh, hopefully short questions that I think everybody would enjoy hearing your take on. So far, uh, while doing this podcast, what have you juiced on the most in this process? Mm. I can admit that in the beginning of sharing information on a very wide platform like this uh, was challenging and intimidating. And I think most anybody that goes in into this uh, can agree with that to a certain point because you're setting yourself up for people to pick things apart and to judge them isolated and that kind of thing. So I think one of the biggest things that um, that I've juiced on during this is the replies from people, the, the seeing how it is affecting people to have this type of information available. Because one of the biggest obstacles in this work is that we really need to hear this stuff over and over and over and over. This is uh, what really fills my heart up is having a platform of uh, pre-recorded information to where if somebody keeps asking me similar questions, I can send them to a specific episode for them to listen to as much as they want. And so, so I think to answer this even uh, more precise is just the vision of seeing all these minds uh, out there being watered and fed in a way that seems to be helping people in their relationships and I can just uh, see that vision and and see a person like start to handle their relationship the way they always have and then catch it and just take a breath and change a few words and then get a completely different result that's the vision that both I get confirmed podcast Facebook page and private emails and messages and that type of thing. And I know that you hear a lot of people showing their appreciation. So I think that's the biggest part of juicing. We've been fortunate enough to have people to write, uh, write us with, you know, specific situations to where it helped them with their husband or with their child or something like that. That just warms my soul. Uh, I call it food for my soul. Um, because we do put a, Aaron and I put a lot of work into this podcast. It takes a lot of time. Um, but I do feel that our intention of providing information for everyone and that can access it. And then, you know, trusting that people that have the means to, to donate and to keep things like this moving forward will so that those that don't have the means still have a platform of somewhere to go to hopefully get some words of wisdom and uh, assistance.
And one of those compliments that I was just floored to receive, uh, and I just read it recently, it was actually made like a week ago, and I never saw it, was that we were her favorite podcasters. And that that blows my mind because I know some of the other podcasts that she listens to, and they're fabulous. And uh, to think that I'm a part of something like that, I know I don't want to like, you know, cut down on myself, but but we've, I mean, I feel like we haven't been doing it for that long, even though it's been two to two and a half years that yeah, kind of working on it when you yeah. say that that sounds like a lot but i just feel like i'm not worthy of that much praise at this at this point i guess right right and that's a part of you that i appreciate that you know that humility and hopefully we uh we both carry that and we want to of course share this information from a compassionate side uh not from a know-it-all side by any means because there's so many variables in all of these subjects but if we can just kind of shine a flashlight in dark corners and help people see a few things here and there that um, they haven't seen and then confirm some things that they they do feel in their own being, um, I think we can call that a success. And you mentioned donating. So we we have kind of revamped our our patron page, our patron account, where you can sign up for $5 and, or more. Uh, you can get our exclusive content. And just this past week, I... I did a solo video without you, Alexander, mm-hmm. and I don't think you've you've seen it yet, mm-hmm. but where I shared my kind of excitement for the future and and the things that I'm I'm excited to work on with you and and work on bringing the people uh, who do so who do help us out and donate in our in our on our Patreon account um, different types of exclusive content, and so this kind of goes along with that. So I gave them my thoughts. I wanted you to give your thoughts on what you are most, quote, excited uh, about in the future for the podcast or, or the the just philosophy as a whole. Yeah, and I think a uh, big part of that is just more and more interaction, um, reaching, you know, a wider uh, age, more diverse uh, age group and uh, cultural. Uh, we have a lot of pull in Japan um, from our uh, our graphics that we can see, and we're not really sure, you know, what that's about, but but that feels so good to know that, you know, that this information is going to a very wide audience. And I think the excitement is similar to our podcast community at the on our Facebook group is we're seeing that people are picking up the ball and discussing things within themselves and even outside of Aaron or my uh, input. And that's that's really part of uh, the growth that I really see is that you know, people to self-perpetuate uh, connections and and seeing that they're they're not alone and that the things that they seek and the knowledge that they seek, there's more more and more people out there. So I think just more interaction with with the public is exciting. Uh, seeing taking this to uh, live broadcasts, getting into of course filming now as well for YouTube and different platforms, and so I think that that next step of, of people being able to see us and relate to us uh, outside of just listening to it on a podcast, but being able to uh, visualize us as well is, is a great thing moving forward. And um, I'm going to throw a little uh, little secret out there that uh, I hadn't really shared. Uh, I don't even know if I've shared it with you, but a little vision that I have is actually uh, I would love to see I'm a happen to be a fan, uh, not a huge fan, but uh, a fan of if I'm going to watch entertainment through a box or TV, 
I typically resonate with animation uh, more so than people playing the the roles of acting because for me it's easier to separate that it's just entertainment uh, when it's cartoons and so I would love to um, the idea of possibly taking this to a level where it's a um, possibly a cartoon publication around the work and the philosophy and bringing in a little bit of humor in with it and uh, and that's way it what the growth of the philosophy overall is to really bring it in and show the importance of it and the serious side, but as well the not taking things so personal and not so serious and being playful with it as well. So that, as far as the future goes, that's what I see as just opening up, uh, lightening up, and uh, inviting more and more people in to be part of uh, this ever-evolving group. So Alexander didn't mention filming, so we are actually filming this Q&A, and, and uh, we did it as a test, but it seems to be working, possibly. The computer cut out uh, for a little bit, and now it's back on. So we're going to probably throw this up on uh, as exclusive content on our patrons, so if you do want to see it, uh, you can donate a little bit to us and get access to all of our exclusive content that we've been throwing up there. Um, you know, maybe there's a possibility that we throw it up anyway on our YouTube just so people can see it and get an idea and a feel of the energy that, that people can get visually rather yeah. than just audio. You know, so everyone out there needs to understand that we do approach this in a playful manner. And, um, you know, as we uh, have these experiments, whether it's with uh, filming it for video platforms or not, the main thing is that we just have fun with it. We do our best to welcome mistakes and not stay in fear of making a mistake because once again we grow through failing failing is not something wrong so hopefully that is an environment that i've been able to provide for aaron as we've gotten to know each other because i want it to be a non-judgmental environment and we still have to work through our own insecurities with certain things but that is a big part of this podcast in general and the just philosophy overall is that uh, we can actually take pressure off of people by removing our expectations and our judgments and that type of thing. And we want people to feel comfortable to fail because failing is part of learning. And I like to think of this podcast now in, in like 15 episode segments. So this is kind of the end of our second. And I feel, I feel like I've grown just personally, not just as a podcaster, but as an individual immensely since episode 15. It's yes. Uh, you know, crazy to think about because in the great book, you know, it says in the beginning was the word and getting this word out is, is an act of service. And with you beautiful people that, uh, support us, uh, monetarily or through sharing it or telling people about it, just know that any act that you do, you know, doesn't go unnoticed and we appreciate every act. So please continue to share, continue to, uh, you know, join our podcast community, get in some of these beautiful discussions that's going on. And then if you're drawn to, we certainly appreciate any monetary gifts that you can send our way as well. We have different platforms to be able to do that. And patron is one that you can certainly uh, find for us to um, to receive that beautiful gift. So we want to thank you all for whatever level that you are uh, helping us out with. And we'll just keep journeying. We appreciate your interest in self-growth 
conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The information in this podcast has been developed over 20 years by Alexander in his observation of his personal life, private practice, and professional environments. This information is meant for educational purposes only and is not suggested as a replacement for traditional therapies or medications. As a matter of fact, we suggest to not believe any of this information, nor any of the information out there in the world. Remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. We are looking forward to continuing to provide this information through this platform, and if you are drawn to support us, you can do so by the following. Sharing is caring. Share the podcast with like-minded individuals. Emotional responsibility and energetic wisdom can save the world. If you are drawn to support us monetarily, you can do so by visiting our patron page where you can make a monthly donation in exchange for exclusive Wise Wise perks. You can do this by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Next, you can head over to Alexander's website where you can book private consultations in person, by phone, or on Skype. Find out more information on his live performances, class schedules, products, including birth chart analysis reports and music, and check out more information on his sound therapy tables. To do so, you can visit vibrotune.com, V-I-B-R-O-T-U-N-E.com. Finally, if you have been searching your entire life for consciously created apparel featuring the WiseWise logo apparel, Alexander themed clothing, or other alternative perspective designs, you can head over to Verity's Apparel, where you can find all that and more. That is veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. We want to thank you for being part of this journey.